Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the live Q&A of yours truly. Hope y'all are having an amazing Monday. Hope you've been motivated, inspired. Hope you guys are starting your week off strong. Uh, for those who are watching me for the first time, very first time, my name is Joshua, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Make sure you subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who's been rocking with me, whether it's been 14 years subscribed or 14 minutes ago subscribed, I want to say thank you all so much for uh, trusting me uh, with the gift that's been entrusted to me. Um, and I pray that it continues um, to build strength in you as you continue to walk this walk with God. But as everyone is coming in live, let me know where you're watching from. Let me know what city, state, country, all that good stuff and get your questions ready. And uh, for those who are very first time, man, I do live Q&As often. It's an opportunity for me to serve you all, um, to help you all with from my experience, from my expertise, or from my exegetical ability in regards to God's word. And I also want to make sure I want to shout out all those people who are listening online. I have a lot of people that listen on Google Play, Apple Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those individuals. I want to say thank you all so much for listening. Simba, what's going on, fam? Guys, girl, hey, what's going on? Lilo27, hey, coach, always a blessing from Brisbane, Australia. Thank you for watching from Australia. Mobile, Alabama's in the building. Thank you for watching. Young, you new. Hey, coach, watching from Switzerland. Thank you so much for watching from Switzerland. Charlotte in the house. Uh, Thank you for watching, guys, girl. Albany, Georgia. Thank you for watching, Angie. Uh, Jody Real says, why do many Christians not agree on scripture when we all have the same exact Bible? Shouldn't we all have the same interpretation? Great question. The issue is many people interpret the Bible without the, without the author. The author is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that breathed God's word through inspiration through man to write the word, right? And oftentimes people say, why should I believe the Bible? Because it's written by man. Then that argument uh, disavow, uh, dis uh, qualifies itself because everything has been written by man from textbooks um, to news articles. So we shouldn't trust any type of word. But to answer your question specifically, I think a lot of people are not, uh, they don't have enough fellowship with the Holy Spirit enough to be able to, uh, in a mature way, interpret God's word, right? So interpretation must be from inspiration, must be from intimacy as far as engagement with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he'll be the one to interpret his text. So a lot of people just confused because of pride. People are disagreed because of a lot of different things. But I really do believe that we all should be interpreting the same thing. But the issue is we, we oftentimes read the Bible differently. See, my goal is to read God's word, uh, um, not necessarily me read, but it being read to me. Right. I, I want the word of God to read me more so than I read it. Right. And so when I go to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, Holy Spirit, can you show me something in the word that you never showed me before? Can you utilize this book to change me and shape me? Then we'll I think we'll all if we go that route, we have a better interpretation of God's word. Jody also oh, Jojo Davis says, hey, what's up? It's Jojo out of Fort Worth. How do I not get revenge on people who talked bad about me all my life? Well, the best revenge is. um is growth. The best revenge is success. The best revenge is success without any type of acknowledgement of a person that hurt you. That's that's true revenge. Sometimes you got to continue to live your life and forget them. The best way to get over people or the best way to have quote unquote revenge is to not have revenge and not to have resentment in your heart towards them. My goal in life is to never allow my sex to, success to be fueled by uh, frustration caused by individuals that I used to think that was my friends or people that are just uh, hecklers and that want to hate on what I'm doing. I never get so caught up in that because at the end of the day, if you succeed because of them, then they still have a level of, uh, of equity and, and uh, investment in your success. 
That's why don't worry about who walked away from you. Don't worry about who talks about you. If they have time to talk about you, that means they don't have nothing to walk for. If they got so much to talk about, they don't have nothing to walk about, right? And the goal is you keep walking in your purpose. You keep pursuing your purpose. You keep uh, uh, gaining success. And then when they look upon your life, they will have to deal with the idea that they once knew you. All right. Say, hey, what's up? It's Jojo from Fort Worth. How do I not get revenge uh, on people who talked ba bad about me all my life? Don't worry about it. Keep living your life. Keep living your life, fam. Don't get don't get so caught up in revenge because nothing successful comes from that for you. Simba says, I have a yearning to get closer to God, but I always find myself procrastinating and not spending time with him. Any help? Great question. Um, let's look at it again. I have a yearning. That's good. You have a yearning to get closer to God, but I always find myself procrastinating. Well, the enemy of productivity is procrastination. Um, it is our responsibility um, to assess what is causing us not to progress, especially with the things of God, right? So the best way to overcome procrastination is to have a strong why. Why must I grow closer to God? Why must I know more about God? Secondly, you got to ask yourself, what are the things that are fueling me to procrastinate? Is it laziness? Is it lack of discipline? You got to look yourself in the mirror, fam, and say, okay, what in me? What is causing me not to progress? What is causing me to fall from God? Oftentimes we have become so addicted with our atmosphere or with our surroundings that those things have became anchors in our lives, keeping us from really progressing with the life giver who is God. So the best way uh, uh, to, to stop procrastinating is to take baby steps and say, okay, I'm not just going to read five chapters tonight. I'm maybe going to read uh, one chapter. I'm going to uh, maybe journal my, my time with God. I'm actually going to maybe open up more opportunity throughout my day to spend time with God. So for me, uh, sometimes we get so caught up on, I have to spend three or four hours with God at a particular moment of time. That may be unrealistic for you. The goal may be, um, maybe I uh, spend time with God on my drive to work and my drive home from work. Maybe I spend three out of the five lunchtime, lunch uh, hours of my work week spending time with God. Maybe I... Uh, um, spend five quality minutes before I go to bed. God can care less about quantity. He cares about quality. See, a person who gives five good quality minutes to God is worth more than someone that's gave five hours to God, but that person was just studying apologetics so they can puff up their own pride to defeat their enemy, right? And so, <clears throat> so my help is take baby steps, number one, develop a strong why, right? On a sheet of paper, why you must grow closer to God? Why must you grow in the things of God? Why must you? Write those things out and really begin to put that in the forefront every time you're distracted, right? Also, you got to eliminate all procrastinatory type of distractions. You got to say, okay, what is one of the main tools around me that causes me to procrastinate? And when you begin to remove those different things, like say if it's a cell phone or whatever, in the beginning of my, in the beginning, back in the day, I used to put my cell phone in the car when it's time to spend time with God. I used to unplug the internet uh, Wi-Fi router when it came to time to spend with God, whatever I had to do to make sure that no notifications can come through my life to hinder me. So that's the best advice I can give on that, fam. I hope to help. Bronx, New York in the house. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, let's see here. Great questions, y'all. Look, uh, Luc Curtis says, I'm called to preach. I found this out through prophetic word dreams multiple times and being called into ministry. Let me see if you got a follow question. Where should I start? Well, um, great question. <clears throat> hmm. Well, the good thing is, um, it's starting with your word, man. Um, don't focus so much about the stage 
that you want to preach from, worry about the page in the Bible that can preach to you, right? The best preachers are those who preach to themselves, those who govern themselves, those who look in the mirror, those who examine themselves. Um, the best preachers are the ones that allow the word of God to preach to them. The best preachers are those who don't even think of themselves much as a preacher. They look at themselves as a steward of God's word to be able to give to his people so they can be good stewards over their life. And so they can live their life in the things of God for God to get the glory from, right? So you start with your word. Be hungry after, after the word of God. Um, your preaching, your ministry should be the overflow from your private relationship with God. So as a young preacher, I will invest so much in your time with God. Just getting into the word, just studying. Don't study for a sermon. Study for for for, for your salvation. Study for your growth. Study for your <clears throat> um, um, self, Right? Because when you do that, then you will have wealth for others. Study for your own personal growth, then you will help others grow. So start in your word. Don't think about um, how many people want to preach to. And then when you feel the bubbling of the spirit in you, utilize the devices that are around you. Like me, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't preach from platforms. <clears throat> I don't preach from stages often. What I have is my YouTube live, and I give what I feel God led me to give. I didn't, I wasn't thinking about going live today. But the Holy Spirit said, go live. And so I went live. So you start in the word of God and let the word uh, uh, stir you, develop you, because the worst thing you can do right as a young preacher is to focus on your gift versus you becoming a gift. Man, sometimes we focus so much on our gift that we fail to become a gift. And then when people really unwrap our lives, they see that we, know we are not even close to living what we are giving to them in sermon form. So you got to make sure you continue to sharpen uh, 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 your yourself with the word of God. Uh, look at the word of God as a sharpening tool to clean things out of you. Look at the word of God as a mirror so you can see things in you. And look at the word of God as something to enjoy, as food to fill you. And then from the overflow with your time with God, it won't be more brain knowledge where you're just quoting scriptures and just going at it. But it'll come from a heart that's fully submitted to God. Hope that helps. Excuse me. Let's see here. I always get upset, Jamila says, when I come home to a dirty kitchen, what to do? I want to be a wife, but I don't want to be a slave. Um, I always get upset when I come home to a dirty kitchen, what to do? Um, clean the kitchen? I don't think you're married, right, Jamila? I don't think you're married. Please don't, don't, don't take that tone as if I was saying it sharply like that. Um. Well, the good thing about marriage is that you're not a slave to anyone. You're a servant. Anyone that makes you feel like a slave is not a person that you should uh, be married to, right? And you can peep some of those red flags from the beginning of the relationship, right? Um, but as far as a dirty kitchen, I wouldn't worry so much about the details of the thing because you don't know what type of monkey wrenches are going to be thrown into your marriage. You don't know what roles will be best suited for you versus your husband. Um, the best thing is not to worry about those different things, but to make sure that you put practice in those things. Uh, make sure that you're a clean person. Make sure you clean up after yourself. I'm not saying I'm saying with you, but practice clean the kitchen because you never know. There may be a phase in your husband's life where he don't have much time um, to focus on that. And you have to pick up that. Uh, part of the load. Um, marriage is about compromise. Marriage is about teamwork. And it's whatever's best suited for the one that's best needed, who best needs the support, right? And, and sometimes we don't, I don't want you to get so focused on, well, the kitchen is dirty and all this kind of stuff. And I'm afraid that I'm going to marry a husband that's going to dirty the kitchen. No, like my wife cooks, I clean the dishes most of the time, right? It's teamwork, right? And so there's things that my wife never do. There's things I always do. There's things my wife always do. There's things I never do. It's called teamwork. Um, 
Um, so don't worry about the fear of being someone's slave. First, first off, the, the best way not to become a slave to a man is to be a slave of God. The best way not, let me make sure I rephrase it. The best way to never to not become a man's slave is to make sure that man's a slave to God. If that man is a slave to God and God is his master, you don't have to worry about that man making you a slave to him. Because the man of God is called, a husband of God is called to sacrifice for his family. Right. So if a, if a, if a husband, a woman doesn't mind submitting to a man who sacrifices, a woman doesn't mind submitting to a man who submitted to God. Right. So you don't have to worry about being a slave to a man if he's first a slave to God, because he was slave to God. God will deal with his heart. Like my wife, when I was talking about yesterday, my wife was in church and she just felt the need for me to hold her hand and she didn't have to say a word. And I grabbed her hand. It showed her that I don't even really have to say nothing if the Holy Spirit knows what's in my heart that I want for my husband. My husband's going to do it. You see what I'm saying? There's been plenty of times in my marriage where my wife was like, I was thinking this and I was hoping you would do this. And then next thing you think, next thing she knew, I did it because I'm a slave to God. And whatever is a burden or a concern on my wife's heart, if I'm a slave to God, God will come to me and say, son, do this for your wife for she needs that. Same with me. If I need something for my wife, and, and, I, and I'm just thinking it. I know that God may, may uh, place in the heart to do so. That's the beauty of a marriage that's both submitted to God, where both people are submitted to him. Great question, though. Uh, side note, I like things clean, but don't want to be treated like a maid. You won't be treated like a maid. Don't worry about that. Uh, um, don't worry about that, because I doubt that you will marry a man that will think of you that way. Brianna Battle says, why do people like, why do people like bonding over trauma? It's tough to break this type of stronghold. Great question. Well, people love to identify themselves with things that are common with most people. That's why the 1% succeed, because it's so uncommon for those commonalities amongst those individuals, right? So oftentimes people try to find something to find identity. That's why when I find identity in Christ, that means I have identity in life. When I find my identity in Christ, that means I find identity overcoming. When I find my identity in Christ, I find my identity in succeeding. When I find my identity in Christ, I find myself uh, identifying with success, right? But those people who, who are, are lazy, people who are insecure, people who don't want to work, people who want um, to have excuses on why they shouldn't execute on certain things, they look for commonalities within their trauma. And some, some, some people are still the same age of their first introduction to their trauma. So a lot of people are still mentally immature. They still mentally children or kids because of when that traumatic experience happened. But in order to break that stronghold in regards to that trauma, the only one that can is the truth. The man Christ Jesus, the only one that can set you free is the truth. For the Bible says the truth to set you free. And when you find that there's, there's truth in God in regards to helping you overcome, when you find there's truth that is only by his spirit that you can overcome, and then you will begin to have that perspective shift and begin to see your trauma as, a, as an opportunity for a testimony, as an opportunity to help others triumph, why am I going to sit there and try to find a bunch of people that are abandoned, that struggle with abandonment so that I can feel comfortable? No, I, I can't feel comfortable in something that I was delivered from. What I must now do is now utilize my um, experiences, uh, uh, utilize the Holy Spirit bringing me through healing to help people overcome. So people love bonding through trauma because people are just lazy. People love bonding over trauma because it makes them feel comfortable. People love bonding over trauma because it makes them feel like they have somebody that understands or that can talk with them, etc. But in regards to you, 
you got to say, you know what? I'm not saying I'm not sure this question's for you. You got to say, hey, I don't care what traumatic experience that I've experienced. I know for a fact that I've survived it. The issue is we've survived the moment, but we haven't survived the memories. We've survived the moment. That means we're alive right now, but we haven't survived the memories. We got to get to a place where we survive the memories and utilize our memories as reference points where I can refer back to to show people how far back it is, but also see how much was on the back of my God and how he took that on his back for me. And now I don't have to worry about that being upon my life. And now I can progress in the things of God. Right. So the beautiful thing about God is that his back was broken. For those things to be broken off for you. You know what I'm saying? And so we got to look at traumatic experiences, opportunities for us to ask for us to be uh, 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 beacons of light and tools of God to show other people they can to overcome. And so the thing is, we have to overcome the memories. Many of us haven't survived the memories. But when you begin to look back and see how God is giving you the opportunity to overcome it, giving you the opportunity to become something from it, then you will begin to look at that memory as these when these light afflictions, which were only but for a moment, cannot compare to the things that God's going to birth through me. So I hope that helped, family. Dirty Red, what's up, family? What's good, coach? I pray all things are well. All things are well, family. Thank you for that. A dawn of light ministries, I feel lost in my walk due to my own desires. I feel like I let the attention of man try to fill the void that God can only fill. How do I stop, let it go so my relationship with God can flow? Great question. I feel lost in my walk due to my own desires. Well, the Bible says when a man or woman is enticed, they are drawn away by their own lesson enticed. So no one can blame God, right? Let me reread your question again. I got lost in that. Hold on. <clears throat> I feel lost in my walk with walk due to my own desires. I feel like I let the attention of man try to fill the void that God can only fill. How do I how do I stop let it go so my relationship with God can flow? Well, anytime you become a slave or desire another man's attention, you find yourself in detention, you find yourself enslaved, you find yourself in prison, right? The Bible says they that delight themselves in the Lord, he'll give them desires of their heart. The beautiful thing about that is that I determine the delight. Um, the issue is many of us rather go to the darkness versus into the light to be exposed so we can see our hearts for what it really is. Deep down inside of your heart, there's some uh, a wound that was caused by a significant individual in your life, whether it be father, whether it be mother, whether it be friend, whether it be ex. The issue is most of us don't know how um, to forgive those individuals and then progress from it, right? And so oftentimes we become lost is because we begin at some moment to find I, our desires and something that we delight more in than God, right? So you got to find that thing either that has wounded you deeply or that you have become immensely delightful in that's caused your desires to weigh, waver from God, right? And oftentimes a lot of ladies, when they don't get their uh, attention from their fathers, they begin to look their attention from something familiar in the form of a man. And when that man now becomes the fourth focus and now all of a sudden women start uh, altering their bodies, uh, putting on excessive makeup, doing excessive things to get attention they never got when they were young. But it doesn't matter who didn't give you attention when you were young. God was there the whole time near the brokenhearted. He was the one here. He has given you his full undivided attention. That's what I love about God's omnipresence, that God can be in my life. God can be in your life and be fully attentive to both of us without being distracted. I can't pull God from you. You can't pull God from me. He is omnipresent, right? That means that he is everywhere at every time, fully attentive to every detail with no detail uh, uh, overlooked. 
And so when we understand that God has been giving us his attention from the beginning, then we can now shift our perspectives to receiving of uh, that attention and what and wonder why God wants me so badly. Why is God pursuing me? And then when you find yourself as a daughter of God, then you will begin to find yourself valued as a woman. See, the value of a woman is first determined by the dignity that's given to her by God. If you don't understand who you are as a daughter of God, and whether no matter what your father said or hasn't said, then you will never find yourself dignified enough to stand determined no matter who gives you attention or not. So how do I stop, let it go, so my relationship with God can flow is to realize, first, I want you to go uh, to Google right now and type in the attributes of God. I want you to find five things about God's character that you didn't know that you need to know. Secondly, I want you to look up scripture on the love of God, right? So that you can, I want you to meditate on those two, two categories of scriptures so that you can be able to say, okay, what is God's love towards me? The perfect love of God casts out all fear. The fear that you have is that, will I never get attention? Will I, <clears throat> will I become ugly to people? Uh, what if no God showed me attention, right? That's the issue. But when you allow the perfect love of God to cast out all that fear, then you will stand in faith knowing that no matter who gives me attention, does, doesn't give me attention. I know I have God's full and undivided attention. And I know he has something to help me to go forward toward. So I hope to help. But I got to go, y'all. I think that's my limit there. I love you all. I praise live Q&A was blessed. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Um, I have some books, card games, and resources for you all. Uh, my latest book, um, uh, what is the book called? The Wholeness Journal is now available right now. It's my eighth book I'm excited about. It's a, a journal um, that helps you process your wholeness as a person and to help you hold the things in life well. So check those books out right now. Also check out... Um, some other books like The Purpose of Singleness. This book talks about are you whole or full of holes? Helps those who are single. I've got a dating prep book for those who want to learn more about how to date God, date themselves, and come date a book so they can date the love of their life forever. Also got a book on soul ties and stronghold called The Purpose of Freedom. Uh, Whom the Son Sets Free is Free Indeed. This book talks about how to untie soul ties up through strongholds. The book's available right now. The book I released last year, which is a book on discernment. It's called Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God for Your Life. This book's also available on my website. Have card games, resources. If you uh, feel led to give and what me and my wife are doing, if you want to give towards what I do here or you just feel led to, you can do so now. All those books, card games, resources are now available on my website, IamUnplugged.com or the links in the description box below. Those on Facebook, you can just type in the website, I am unplug.com. I love you all. I pray y'all was blessed by this short, quick q and I'm going to keep them short going for so I can do a little bit more so I can serve a lot more people. But I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.